Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, the average oak tree branch can hold 70 pounds. Something you probably do know, your neighbor is building their kid a treehouse. Something you probably don't know, a falling treehouse would take out your whole fence. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Lift off will start in T-minus 10 seconds. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Hey, everybody. This is Craig Ackerman, TV play-by-play announcer for the Houston Rockets. What's up, everyone? This is Jackson Gatlin, host of Locked on Rockets. This is Chris Chavez. This is your boy, Heezy, a.k.a. Raheel Ramzanali. It's Sean from Shots and Thoughts. This is Timoteo Keister. This is Chucky Brown, former professional NBA basketball player for the 1995 NBA champion Houston Rockets. What up, what up? It's Roosh Williams, the Mastodon himself. This is Devin White, a.k.a. The Gentleman. It's your boy, Von Wafer, former Houston Rockets, retired professional NBA basketball player. Five, four, three, two, one. We have ignition. And you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast. What is going on, everyone? You are listening to The Summit State of Mind, the podcast of Dream Shakes and Step Backs and everything Houston Rockets presented by the Minute Media Podcast Network and the official podcast to Fansided's Houston Rockets website, SpaceCityScoop.com. I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny. Of course, with me as always is my brother, my tag team partner, the GM, Justin. GM, whoo-wee. Okay, I just have to ask, 24 hours removed, the time that uh, we're recording this right now, it's going to be a Friday morning release. But Wednesday's not Wednesday night's game, and I am still, I am. Uh, what, what what is it that uh, that Blummer said about the Houston Astros? Oh, I I'm feeling a little buzz, TK. So I'm feeling still a little wired from that win, just a Ob- little bit. Obviously, the biggest win of the Rocket season. But here we go, 24 hours after the game. How you feeling right now? I'm feeling. I was feeling good last night, but now I'm feeling much better. If we're gonna quote our boy will when he said it feels good to have a star shooting guard who shows up in big games because if you're listening to this we are recording this at 10 30 in the evening uh thursday evening yeah and if anyone has been paying attention to nba twitter or just the nba in general <laughs> james harden laid a big fat goose egg against the nets and if anybody knows james he always struggles against teams that he has played for whenever he plays against them. I don't honestly I don't remember his first game against Houston, but I don't think it was anything too spectacular. Uh he played he played well, but I mean, like I said, there's not much pressure there. there was, the it was an arena with sucked. It was an arena with like twenty five percent attendance. There was barely yeah, anybody there. True. No pressure whatsoever. I remember his it's funny that you say that because I remember his first game against OKC and OKC. Uh rest in peace to uh, Kevin McHale's daughter, because mm-hmm. she had passed away I think a night or two prior, so they did the funeral and then they ended up flying into the game. But you know he didn't he didn't play particularly well there either. We were expecting him to kind of go gangbusters, but obviously there were high emotions at that point. But you're right, like he particularly, especially the first time around, he doesn't tend to play well against his against these 
you know, former teams. teams. Yeah, I mean, he yeah. ended up having that 46 piece, which was great in the future. But yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, it, it's funny how people say that. Like, if we're just gonna har- it's, we're gonna hark into this real quick because it's the current, literally the current current news. Yeah, but. I'll say this, and I'm going to lob it up to you and get your thoughts on it. I'm not where everyone else is. It's like, oh, he shits the bed. Oh, he chokes. He does stuff like that. Uh, Shout-outs shout to Arjan, who's a, who's a, who's a big Harden fan. He uh, says that his past, like, 20-plus career uh, playoff games, he's averaged 30-plus points on 47% yep. from the field. So, mm-hmm. I mean, stat-wise... Stat I, I don't think he's a choker. No, I don't in, think so in, either. In, I mean, it's become a sense. joke and a meme. Yes, it's but, become more along the lines of narrative when it's being placed upon him it's not based on any sort of factual evidence it's just more so along the lines of narrative placed by the media yeah but in regards to all of that like i don't think it's fair but tonight he didn't do anything to help his cause no he was a minus 30 there's a narrative there he was yeah, a minus absolutely. 30 on the court tonight he only scored 11 points there's a, yep and um, you know, inside the NBA, even said like he's what he has attempted sixty-two shots and had sixty-four assists before tonight's game. That's attempts, and then in the first half, he attempted fifteen and only had three assists. So there, you can see already the disconnect between the offense and James, where he was kind of forcing the issue a little bit because he wanted to show something to his former team. But the players that came to play were KD, Kyrie, and Seth Curry. Those are the big names, and Seth Curry was able to show his father-in-law, daddy-in-law, <laughs> should have traded me. But, you know, I'm going to agree with Seth there because his, his father-in-law is the biggest choker in the world. Oh, come on. No, and come I, on. No, no, We're not going to dive into the rabbit hole of this. I, we're it. not diving into the rabbit <laughs> done hole. done it enough. I am just saying and I am just stating that he is the least clutch coach of all time, and I'm going to leave it at that. You know, there's a lot more. He's an overachiever. He is overrated. I'm done. I think didn't we done. reference this like in episode 20 or something on the podcast? So there's probably a lot more ears in this now. So probably listening to this for the very first time. But yes, uh, the GM is a he. He's he's I a doc a staunch. He is a doc, doc only. No, he's a doc only fan. That's obviously. what that is. Obviously, he loves I'm, the man. I am. I am subscribed. <laughs> I'm at the highest tier. I decided to subscribe to his Patreon. I wanted to get the oh three God. decade tier. Oh my where god! I, so where I can know what it feels like to choke in multiple decades, dude. Okay, so what you're saying is in regards to Doc and in regards to James Harden, mm-hmm. I think that it, it doesn't help the narrative at all for both of them. No, well, it I doesn't. Mean, it, it doesn't affect anything. Yeah, yeah, Doc. no, 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 like, no. It's not going to affect anything. Well, it shouldn't affect anything in March. That's yes. why I'm not really tripping too much about. It. I mean, you know, Twitter, especially Rockets Twitter, is going to have a field day just because of the fact that he's not really our responsibility anymore. So it's like, okay, yeah, now we, we don't, don't have to fight it's, these it's battles. It's not our fight anymore. It's not our fight anymore. It's more comical yeah, than anything exactly. else. Well, before, it's like we are upset and mad. Now it's kind of like almost like laughter yeah to yourself it's like wow well, we're, now we're on the outside kind of looking in now in terms mm-hmm. of what this what what the james harden experience is and especially since we experienced the first hand and we've had 
bouts with uh, with fans, their friends even. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to name any names. I'm not going to name drop anybody on this pod, Jay. But <laughs> who has, you know, do, who doesn't like James Harden? Because look, personally, I mean, me and the GM, look, we, we have no qualms with James Harden for the most part. I mean, the way he left was obviously crap. But at the end of the day, uh, we're st- we'll still support him one win a title, obviously. But yeah, it's, it was a tough game overall, a tough experience. And uh, hell yeah for the Rockets because at the end of the day, we are fully moved, you know, we fully moved on onto the rebuild, yep. you know, like uh, after a breakup, you know, you're going through the rebuild of your life and this is what the rebuild is right now and the Rockets are full swing in the rebuild and let's go ahead and shift focus to the meat and potatoes of this episode. GM, the Houston Rockets, your team, my team, America's team led by the rookies, smack the lips off the Lakers' mouth. 139 to 130. Jalen Green had 32. Alpine had a double-double with 21 and 14. Josh Christopher had 21. All three combined for 74 points in total to lead the Rockets to victory. Mm-hmm. Each starter scored in double digits with KJ Martin getting a double-double as well with 17 and 11. Every Rocket that stepped foot on the goddamn court that night was a plus, except for Jagup and Nawaba, who was a minus two and minus three respectively mm-hmm. so nothing major in terms of what they were able able to provide but gm after that little my little whatever excerpt i just want to say this and let everyone know that we were you know the stats are great you know when i'm when i was able to pour out the stats from the game but we were there you know mm-hmm. myself and the gm we were in attendance and we got there early. We we had to get there. Had to get there early. It was going to be a little different. We, we had to enjoy the electricity in the building. You know, <laughs> there was a lot more. Obviously, a lot more hype because it's the LA Lakers. As soon as we parked, you see Laker jerseys everywhere. So that's the kind of game that we walk into when the Lakers are in town. And this isn't the first game that uh, me and the commission have been to to watch the Lakers play against the Rockets. Yeah. And full disclosure here for anybody that's listening. Anytime the GM and the commish are in the building to watch the Rocks versus the Lakers, we win. Undefeated. We don't lose against the Lakers Undefeated. when we are in the building. Yep. I just don't know how to explain it, but that's just how it is. We are 3-0 and in moments when we're in the building to watch the Rockets play them. Two against Kobe, one against... LeBron one against LeBron, and so, you know what? I mean, crazy. I've never lost against LeBron either. I've watched yes, LeBron right. on multiple Cle- occasions. Cleveland, and he was in Cleveland, and well, this is even when I was in high school, and we won both times. So, uh, I don't know. I guess whenever I'm in the building, <laughs> we beat stars, and that's okay. I'll take it. Um, we were talking about that too, like in regards to the games that we would play and watch yeah. and miss. But like, we got we got Molly. Let's not get it twisted. We got Molly Wap by an MVP level D Rose in twenty. 20- 10 2011 so so i'm not gonna completely say that we were out of the woods yet like we're perfect because we're not but you know just just full disclosure to everybody that is uh listening to our podcast you know shout outs to our anonymous person he he hooked us up me and the gm with some great great tickets just incredible tickets the best seats we've ever had in our entire Mm -hmm. uh lives there you know not to say that you know it it made me it made us feel a little hoity-toity for that night just gotta gotta admit gotta admit just a little bit just a little bit shout out to the newsies but just being at that game, at that level, at that atmosphere was 
incredible. I'm going to give my experience first before I hand it off to you. Mm, yeah. But I just have to say, the second that we park the car, we get into the garage, go through the uh, go go through the sky bridge. The second that we go, so we were trying to figure out where it is. We're like, okay, so we're in level five. The sky bridge is in level three. We get to level four and walk down to level three, and there's already a dude in a Kobe jersey. And I'm like, man, it's so. And I look at the GM. I'm like, and so it begins. Like <laughs> this is gonna how the night's gonna be. And you just imagine when you walk into the arena and you're trying to kind of absorb the environment and you can kind of see Lakers fans here and there and you're like, okay, that's cool. Mm -hmm. But once we got down to our seats and we saw LeBron warm up, Carmelo, Dwight Howard. That's where it got kind of real for us. Russell Westbrook. And you got fans just yelling, LeBron, LeBron, I love you, LeBron, LeBron, look at me. Like you just got to get the full fledged experience. Uh GM, I want to ask you in terms of let's take the step by step. Let's talk about pregame and how the pregame was. You know how you how we kind of absorbed the environment pregame and what kind of like what you saw. Because mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I saw in a second, but I want to tell you in particular because it, it, what I saw ended up actually ended up being an inkling in a future of what ended up happening during mm-hmm. the game. But your your experience first. There was just a lot of intensity. I mean, they, the players are still having fun, but um, I'll say this. Uh, on our side of the court was the Lakers side. So obviously I was watching the Lakers warm up more because um, the Rockets were on the other side. I'm not honestly like we see them all the time. I was curious to see the routines of the other guys. And it seemed like everyone was kind of just kind of, it was, it was business. Lollygagging. It was lollygagging. I mean, it was serious to an extent, but everybody, the way that they handled themselves, just normal business. Like it was just another day and that's good. I mean, unfortunately for them, it didn't work out. But that's a whole other story. I don't think those. But I, I don't think. I don't think it's a slide on the Rockets. No, 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 no. I just no. It's not a slide on the Rockets. I think it's a slide on LA on the fact that they probably assumed that look, we're facing a game, uh, facing a team mm-hmm. that is sixteen and forty nine. We got this game in the bag. We need the win. We're obviously going to get the win. Yeah. That's the mindset of that team. And you can tell that the way that they were playing, that there wasn't too much of a sense of urgency. And that's what I wanted to talk about too, in regards to what my experience was when I saw them. Yeah. Because. When I, I I veered in on one person, and that's LeBron James. Obviously, look, he's it's my first time getting to see him in person, yeah. and I got to see him up close, and it was incredible. You know, I got to see kind of the pre the pre game shooting routine, and my man was bricking, like he was he you could have made a you could have made a house with all them bricks from three <laughs> that he missed. He missed a ton. And I remember vividly. I wasn't I didn't say anything to you, but I just I noticed it, and it looked. Look, little spark went in my head. I'm like, I think he's gonna struggle tonight from three. And lo and behold, he misses his first eight threes of the game and hits his first three in overtime. Yeah. So that just goes to show, like, where I had an idea of what he was gonna be like mm-hmm. during the game. Mm-hmm. And GM, let's let's fast forward now because now we're in the game. Now we're watching the game live. You know we have uh, Lakers fans, Lakers fans, a section. Uh, what is it? A row behind us. You had a row of Lakers fans. Two sections. In, I mean, two rows Ahead below us. us. Yeah. You had Raphael Stone. Two two or rows to below left. us to our left. <laughs> yeah. Like it, we were we were we were just enthralled in the environment. And I want to ask you, just you know, from the tip. To the to the extent of what you saw personally, because like look like seeing it on TV is one thing, mm-hmm. but we got to kind of hear we got to hear the plays, hear the defensive schemes, hear the switches, hear them mm-hmm. arguing with the refs, hear exactly what they would say. Yeah. Talk about your experience on what you saw regarding that. Yeah, we were uh, 
hearing a lot of communication on the defensive end, especially on the Lakers side. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, I don't want to skip ahead, but you know, the Rockets just weren't as loud in their communications on the defensive end as the Lakers. The Lakers were very, very stout. I could hear DJ Augustine direct, you know, these players as soon as he got into the game. Immediately, you could distinctively hear DJ Augustine um, communicate to guys like Stanley Johnson, you know, um, and Malik Monk on what the offense was trying to run. And to me, that's the first time we've been that close. And it's just interesting to hear, to hear a little bit of the banter going on between the, the refs. Like when Stanley Johnson was arguing with the referee about a call you know, in the first half and who was it him or Malik Monk that got teed up, but, it was um, Malik Monk. but we, we could, yeah. you could hear Stanley Johnson yelling expletives at the ref and the ref was just kind oh, of, he was like, cussing. Oh uh, yeah. He, he was, was cussing up storm. He was cussing up but, storm. But you know, was ridiculous. I mean, shoot the, the parents in the front rows better have closed the ears of their children. Oh no, they, they wanted it. They, they wanted, they, they wanted the smoke. That was, it was, <laughs> it was a little overwhelming if you're a little underage. Well, but you know, like just, yeah. The overall aspect of it all, it's just, it was just crazy to see. You know, like we see Russell Westbrook, he always seems he always seems to perform against teams that slighted him in the sense. And I don't think he's had yeah. really terrible performances against the Rockets, but he good, he, I think he, he had, had a, I think he had a good game, game tonight. And I mean, this loss wasn't on him. You can't pin it on him, to be honest with you. Um, but in regards to all of that. It was just very interesting to hear. And I mean, this isn't the first time we've seen uh, the Lakers play against the Rockets, but this is, I think this is the first time that we've sat like in an area where I could say it wasn't as loud, but it was still loud, if that makes sense. Because in the 400, it's usually a bit louder. Well, you know, understand. Yeah. Well, do you actually understand now that we were actually amongst the group of people that we have been not, not, uh, not berating in a sense, but we we do healthily criticize from time to time because fans, we do see yeah. a lot of business yeah. uh, business people up there, which is fine. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like we always know that. But the, I think that's everywhere, you know. In terms of the, just the rowdiest sections, are always the ones up there, obviously, because you know that's where the fans are. I'm not saying that they're not fans, but at the end of the day, like it was definitely you know the people that we were kind of sitting with look like they they this is like yeah. every day for them yeah which is which is fine but like me and the gym like we were doing we're it a bit for more passionate right yeah we're a bit more passionate there were a couple fans to the right of us that were kind of yeah. almost making fun of us like we're and having, just like we're having a back yeah, and forth with them yeah we're bit, having a back yeah. and forth with them and i was just kind of like and i was like yeah you know what like i you know, i'm going to enjoy this like i don't know if this is ever going to happen again so i'm going to enjoy it i'm going to have a great time and in regards to the experiences of the game for me uh there was a one particular play that stood out was when LeBron was there was a play when he wanted a turnover he wanted a turnover on the ball no no no. he they he wanted a reset of the clock from 15 to 24 seconds because he thought that David Nwaba had a full steal and then I literally hear him like word for word go he he tipped the ball four four or five times that is a reset of the shot clock yeah it should be 24 and I was like wow I can hear I can hear him arguing with it. Like you'll you'll see it. Yeah, you'll see it, the arguments on TV, but like you could hear it word for word. And I think mm-hmm. that that was in, I think that was incredible in and of itself. But if you just talk about the game and the and the microcosm of just the game as a whole, um, I think 
Eric Gordon, the things that stood out to me, obviously, were Eric Gordon uh, being able to communicate on defense, his ability to communicate on defense. I thought his his defensive communication, his presence was very strong. KJ Martin was someone that actually stood out to me in terms of communicating defensively as well. I thought he did a tremendous job. Alp was communicating to a degree as well. And you can kind of see that... Uh, the broken plays were going to happen. Mm-hmm. They gave up. They gave up plays here and there. This is what the Rockets are. They're still a rebuilding team, but there was seemed to be with this starting lineup more cohesion mm-hmm. amongst the amongst the team, especially on the defensive end. But it leaves the question, and I'm just going to lay it up to you first. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to ask with that with with all of that said. You know, we'll go back to the experiences, but I have to ask you because I just think this is just a hilarious question to ask. Mm-hmm. If Christian Wood was in the game, and I did ask you this last night, if Christian Wood is in the game and he's playing and he's starting, and hell, let's just throw in Jay Sean Tate for good measure. Mm-hmm. If Jay Sean Tate and Christian Wood are the starters in place of KJ and I guess it would be Eric Gordon. Mm-hmm. Uh no, no, I'm sorry. KJ, no, it would be KJ, KJ and LP. LP. Mm-hmm. Would, 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 and Tate, you know, with them being in the game, mm-hmm. would the outcome be the same? No, and I'll tell you why. Give me why. I Give will me the tell reason. You I want to know right know. now. Because a, LP actually looked really solid on defense. He didn't look lost. He didn't look. He he was putting forth the effort in the interior. I mean, there's only so much you can defend with LeBron, right? But. LP was putting forth the effort to stay in front of his man in the paint. And then when he had to come out, he would actually contest these long range jumpers. I mean, I'm not saying that LP is a great defender. That's not true. I mean, he's a decent defender, maybe below average. Um, But in the big picture, in the big picture of it all, he was putting forth the effort and he had the size and the build to battle with LeBron James in the paint, you know? And, in, dominant to a degree yes, for and a little bit. Also, LP was very solid in the paint too. He was posting up. He wasn't making. He wasn't taking dumb shots. He wasn't. He may have missed a few gimmies at the rim, but that's what you allow him because he's getting a high percentage shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that what Christian. I'm not trying to diminish what Christian Wood does on the court, but it's just a matter of effect of certain plays that can lead to runs and lead to you know. Um, droughts you know what i mean and the way the lp plays within himself and within the offense he doesn't do too much he does just enough i mean there could have been some plays here and there but those are minimal because they were few and far between it's not like the mistakes that christian wood seems to make where he just tends to hold on to the ball just a half second to a second too long yeah and that's something that can hinder the offense and in regards to jay sean tate how many threes did KJ Martin hit last night? Uh, let me, you know, I've, I've, stopped, I've stopped pulled up right here. Uh, three of six, he shot 50%. There you go. And some of the plays that KJ um, was able to do in regards to like cutting to the paint and finding out, setting the screens and oh, peeling out for three. Oh, oh. Oh, shoot. don't 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 say don't I'm, say the don't say the magic word now. I'm not going to say screen. I'm not going to say that Jay Sean doesn't because Jay Sean. No, no, no. We're not saying Jay Sean doesn't, but it's, don't that, say that, screen. That's, that's a slide on Christian Wood. But anyways, <laughs> that's besides the point. Yeah, KJ Martin affected the game in many more ways that Jay Sean Tate probably couldn't affect it against the Lakers lineup. And seeing how these guys played together in the first game where they all started um, without. Wood and Jay Sean Tate mm-hmm. 
leads leaves i'm not saying it leaves a lot to be desired but it leaves a lot to where you want to see more of yeah, this lineup absolutely. and you want to see these guys get more minutes i mean no offense to jay sean tate but i'm on the realm of the side of where i think that i believe that kj might be a better player starting alongside a christian wood or an lp you know and it just seems like he's a better fit the yeah. things that he does benefits kpj and jalen so much more than than you know than it would do for jay sean so yeah. in my mind it's just that i i i do not believe that they would win without uh with with wood and tate on the floor yeah no, i think i think I, we could have yeah. won with tate i do not believe we won with wood okay let me let me let me add on to your sentiment on how you feel because i feel the exact same way but i have a mm-hmm. different reason why mm-hmm. as to why if christian wood is in the lineup like i said one i'm gonna say this again this is not a slight on wood experience experience i wouldn't even say mm-hmm. experience but like skill level wise skill wise mm-hmm. overall christian wood is the best player on the team let's not get it twisted as of right now he is mm-hmm. still the best player on the team He's going to put up the most consistent stats. We know this. We're going, to, we're going to harken back to anything. This is not going to keep on you know, repeating ourselves in that sense. But the reason why I believe that this Rockets team would lose with Christian Wood on the court is not on Christian Wood. I'm looking more at our rookie. I'm looking at Jalen Green. Yeah. 32 points, 13 to 21 from the floor. He got 21 shots up. I have a gut feeling that Christian Wood... With him on the court, mm-hmm. the field goal attempts would diminish. I would say from twenty-one to probably I mean, to prob. Well, no, no, no. Hang on. From twenty-one to probably fifteen or sixteen. Mm-hmm. Even though he's attempted the most shots, even though he's attempted the most shots, mm-hmm. Wood still got to get his. I see that LP shot twenty shots as well. So I'm not saying I'm not taking anything away from what that Jalen Green wouldn't have a game, but Jalen Green would probably feel moments where he would have to defer more to Wood. Because Wood would probably want to demand the ball as well. He's going to want to show it against the Lakers it's pro- too. It's probably going to be more along the lines of overtime, but like that's, in the Utah game. Where, that's well. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I just don't think you're going to get the signature game. True. You're not going to get the I signature mean, he, game, he, and I just think that Christian Wood, mm. he's not going to get the looks that Jalen Green was able to get the middies, the yeah. mid range. Mm-hmm. That was the reason why we won the game. Mm-hmm. Jalen Green's ability to attack not in one, but t- not two, but three levels, which we're going to talk about in our next segment. Mm-hmm. We're going to zone in on all the rookies in the next segment. But, you know, this will be a perfect segue going into it. But I truly don't believe that we would have won just because of the fact that Jalen Green, look, 21 attempts. Shangun, 20 attempts. Josh Christopher, 13 attempts. Mm-hmm. Y- y- when you have Jay Sean and Christian Wood on the court on top of that, Jay Sean, t- we know what he is. He's not a scorer. Mm-hmm. Shots are still going to get taken away from him. Christian Wood at the same way. Yeah, no strong screens. That's you know so on and so forth. But I truly believe I mean, that we're not going to get the win there. You just see that the team is more cohesive. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, what was being played last night, and you can see they were playing more for each other. And Dennis Schroeder was great out there too. Shout out to Schroeder and Eric Gordon. They played very well. I mean, even though that Eric Gordon may have made some mistakes, Dennis Schroeder did as well. But we're just we're then we're just grasping at straws here. Yeah, but, yeah. I just wanted um, to throw out something that you know that, just just. Because I feel like it's it's going to be talked about, yes. and I just wanted to at least do that before we get into the meat and potatoes of the actual game itself and breaking down stats. And speaking of stats, we're going to talk about that in this next segment coming up. But before we do, we need to give a shout out and an ad to one of our great sponsors. Give us one moment, and we'll be right back. Hey, everybody. 
This is Craig Ackerman, TV play-by-play announcer for the Houston Rockets, and you are listening to the Summit State of Mind podcast. All right, y'all, welcome back to the Summit State of Mind presented by the Minute Media Podcast Network. I am joined once again by the GM. GM, let's move on. Let's talk about, you know, what this what this episode is mainly, you know, mainly about, you know, we got to go to the game, we got to experience the game, we got to feel the atmosphere of the game, but let's talk about the game in and of itself and actually, you know, the stats and everything that we saw and and ultimately what ended up leading to the victory. And obviously, let's let's spotlight the first person first and foremost that deserves the spotlight first and foremost. The person that has fully developed into becoming a man worthy of being the number two overall pick. Where you can finally start looking at picks one, two, and three and not feel like, okay, maybe the, you could have switched these picks here. Maybe number two should have dropped to number five, you know, yeah. brought number four to number two. Like, you know, you got to think like that now. This is the this is the game that is stamped forever. This is going to be a signature rookie Jalen Green game against LeBron, against Carmelo, against Russell Westbrook, against against LA, against Jack Nicholson, against you know all the all the head honchos in in Los Angeles, everybody, and he absolutely killed the game. You know, Jalen Green, thirty two points, thirty eight minutes played. 30, 13 of 21, 62% from the field, 4 of 7 from 3. He only attempted two free throws. Absolutely ridiculous. Way too short. The man drives so consistently. Shouts to Jackson because we did listen to Locked On. And he did and he did he he chirped this enough when he said that he someone that drives as relentlessly as him should be getting more calls than just two free throws in this game. Absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Even the call under the one minute mark they missed. Russell Westbrook hammered him. They didn't make the call. But he had three rebounds, three assists, a block, only two turnovers. I mean, him and KP only had uh, three turnovers combined, which was incredible. That's probably one of the biggest reasons why we won the game. Plus nine from the floor. Jalen Green, Justin. It was a monster. Boom or bust potential. Right now we are we saw dare I say, you know, early on in the season the bust potential was there that mm-hmm. people started seeing, but now you're starting to see the boom potential, the potential of a takeover, potential of someone with a mamba mentality to to win games, will teams mm-hmm. will his team to victory. What was your overall thoughts of seeing Jalen Green on the court in person against the LA Lakers? Well I have two things to say. First, shout out to our boy Adam Cole. Because Jalen is all about the boom. How could I not do that? Because it's a late record. It's a late recording. Because you know, I'm not. Why? A, I'm not a hundo the, right the, now. The man, I'm not hundo. The man was all boom last night, and he Mad at my showed. Should know better than that. That he what he is capable of, like you stated, in all three levels of scoring. That's for number one. Number two, I'm going to pat myself back on my on my back a little bit. Oh, absolutely, do it on <laughs> on the last is. most recent episode. I had said that the Rockets would win. I was a little off about the score, but I stated. That Jalen Green was going to get a career high, and I stated 32 points, and that is exactly what he scored on Wednesday night. So that's me giving myself that one moment to shine. Hey, you know, going a little Summit Stradamus on me, predicting the future. Bit. You called it. Yeah, I called it. I mean, uh, I should sh- give you the Summit Stradamus cap. I feel like we need to make a cap. I called it. Um, yeah. That's kind of crazy to me. I never write, so I'll, I'll take that little itty bit of victory for me. No, nah, no, nah, own that shit, dude. That's not itty bitty. But That's yes. incredible. You called a career high. But yes, I mean, 
like uh, Jalen stated, you know, I was really impressed at them taking advantage of the matchups. Um, Austin Reeves is matched up on him a lot, and they try to get the switch on Tomello, and you could see that he pretty much dominated him in most regards of when Melo was defending him, and that's very smart. I mean, anyone that watches the NBA knows that Carmelo Anthony has always been a weak defender. He wasn't very good. And they made the right decision, especially someone like Jalen, who's 20 years old. And he has the speed of a freaking gazelle. And his first step is just so quick. And he makes these long strides and he just makes everything look kind of effortless. And the way he controlled the game last night, you could just tell that there was a comfort there. The game was slow to him. Not in the sense of where he was moving slow, but he's not processing many thoughts in his head anymore he's kind of reading and reacting and he kind of understands what has to be made the decisions and adjustments that had to be made as the games progress and you know like there were so many things to just be oohed and odd about you know what i mean just him taking over him having the control and him passing out when it was necessary him getting the ball back when he felt that it was necessary and making the right decisions Mm -hmm. i mean Come on now, man. Like, this is something we've all wanted all year. And last night was the moment where it clicked and it all came together. And it was exactly what we had expected in regards to a great game from a Jalen Green. And he rewarded us with a big game on the big stage against maybe one of the greatest players to ever play the game and against one of the most f- storied franchises to ever pl- to exist. So, you know, and Jalen's from California. Yeah, I was going to say he's a, a little bit of a, a little hometown cooking for him because he actually got to play against a team that he grew up because he's Fresno, so he's just right there. Yep. So it wasn't that so he wasn't far out. I, mean, I think he was a Laker fan. I mean, obviously if you're in California, you're going to be a Laker fan. Yeah. But I guess to add on to what you were saying in regards to Jalen Green, the ability to attack on all three all, levels all and do game. it willingly. Now, I'll, I'll expand upon why, why I'm saying it like that because I cannot tell you how many times James Harden, when we played with, when we had him on our Rockets, he could get the midi whenever he wanted. He just did not do it enough. And if you look at the greats and you look and you go down the line, you go Michael, you go Kobe, you go LeBron, you go Steph, you know what I mean? Steph Curry. You can, hell, you can even go Giannis right now to a degree because he can he's starting to hit a mid-range jumper but you're talking about all these greats that have won titles these greats that have the ability to turn it on when it matters the shot they know for a fact that your your highest percentage is your layup mm-hmm. and if you're a lethal three-point shooter it's going to be your three-point shot mm-hmm. the mid-range game is dead that's what that's what everyone's been saying that's been the thing because we go away from it it's analytics Jalen Green said F analytics and I love it because of the fact of the matter is, is that he can get that mid-range whenever he wants. He can create that separation. And it's not even just the ability to create that separation. This is where it differentiates from him and Harden. Harden is Harden plays low to the ground. Harden is not going to shoot the ball over anybody. We know this. And I, I'm, mm. only, I'm only doing this comparison because he's the last star we've had yeah. on the Rockets. Jalen Green in this game was enough for me to see in his rookie year. Now, he's 20 years old. This is his rookie year on the Rockets. Mm -hmm. First of many years to come. His first year, two things. Separation and ability to lift on his jump shot over 
any mm-hmm. over any defender that was trying to get in front of him. That was the reason, honestly, as to why I believe Jalen Green was able to kind of take it to that next level. You could almost say that he literally rose to the occasion. Literally, yes. Literally rose <laughs> to the occasion. I, I, I can't believe I didn't think of that. But he literally rose to the occasion and the ability to shoot the jumper mm-hmm. with lift because that's something that James Harden never had, but Michael and Kobe are known for doing it, and I'm not trying to immediately crop Green into that category by any stretch of the imagination, but that is a level that, in my opinion, you can, if you know you can get that shot whenever you want, and Jalen Green found that comfort zone of knowing that he can get to that shot whenever he wanted. You know, the whole idea was to attack Melo, attack Melo, attack Melo, and he absolutely attacked Melo. He took it to the lip of the cup on him. He drove in on him, was able to get the mid-range because Melo stayed low. Melo stayed low. He gave him that room. He gave him yeah. that room to operate in the mid-range. Yeah. It reminded God, God, it reminded me of Brandon Roy a little bit, the way mm-hmm. that Jalen Green was able to pull up whenever he wanted. It reminded me a little bit of Rip Hamilton. It was a little bit of old-school basketball, and it was very beautiful to see. Like, it's, it was it was, it, was, it was almost like poetry in motion the way he was able to get that mid-range whenever he wanted because you just don't see it often enough anymore in today's mm-hmm. NBA. Yeah. So I'll say that. And speaking of, so, you know, let's expand upon this real quick before we move on to our next rookie. Um, Jalen <laughs> Green uh, talking about attack Mel, attack Mel, attack Mel. You saw how Twitter was triggered by that? It's so yeah. funny. It's like, did you see that? Yeah. So so I would ask you, what 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 are your really what is your really thoughts? Which is so funny because it's like it's almost like if he was anywhere else, it probably wouldn't matter. But the fact that it's on the Rockets, it's like you even after a win, you have to even after he had his career game, you still got to defend him because they feel like he triggered, uh, you know, all these all these uh, yes, you know, angry people. Yes, it's really I mean, funny. I mean, fault the man for being transparent after. Uh, having a career probably game. Probably just doing it, probably literally laying out the exact scheme that, that Silas was probably exactly. implementing, and which is hilarious. The thing about this is that media members want transparency, but when you give them transparency and it's not in the way that they like it, you can flip it. then they're just going to say that you're wrong. You know, And uh, in my mind, I think it's so dumb because he was making the right decision in regards to the, what uh, in regards to attacking those two guys specifically, and it was the right choice. I mean, even then, you saw when Jalen gave up the ball, it was because he was being doubled with LeBron on the help as opposed to Carmelo. Yeah, as when LeBron was out there, you know, Jalen's going to try, but he he can't do anything nah, against not LeBron. Not right now. That. Not right now. Not this moment. No, he will. He will, but not now. And that was okay. You know. What year was what year was Hakeem at before he laid it into Kareem? Was that been year two, year three? It was year two. What in eighty six? Yeah, year two, huh? That's year two. All right, I fully expect it then. Year two, it's 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 happening. <laughs> I'm kidding, but but yeah, no, no, no. But go on in terms of what you were saying in regards to Jalen Green. I mean, you know, just over in the grand scheme of all, of everything, it's just that you know, Jalen. I just think he looked great. And yeah, yeah. The fact that he was, like, you know, attacked for being so transparent is just an annoying media narrative that is stupid because he's the arrogant one. He's I'm one not that gonna, believes yeah. he's the number one pick. I'm not going to feed. Yeah, I'm not going to feed into that. Um, I, I mean, I still believe that in three to five years, Jalen will probably be the best player of the draft, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's okay. I mean, the only thing I don't like is just the media scrutinizing him for being honest, and that's not fair to him. But at the end of the day, as long as Jalen doesn't allow it to affect his performance on the court. Which I don't think he will. At least right now. Even then, 
affect his personal life for that matter yeah but you'll be just i think he'll be just fine i think he'll be just fine and i think defensively he did incredible as well like i said he had two he had a block he had a block he didn't have a steal but uh, but from what we were able to kind of see from the eye test being at the game and as close as we were his ability to switch his ability to stay in front his ability to want to take the matchup when it's head on he doesn't shy away from it mm-hmm. you can i saw it this is one thing that I, that was great being up close i got to see it in his eyes and it seemed like every time there was a switch on a lebron or mm-hmm. westbrook his eyes lit up, like as in, like you know, I'm gonna take that challenge. KP is the exact same way, yeah. and I think they're all instilling that confidence with within each other. So, before you know, let's let's say this: Jalen Green, he's a beast. This is the beginning of it. He had, I would he have like 11 points, include like 11 of the first points, like including the last four points of in the fourth quarter and then overtime. I mean, he would. This is what you come to expect. This is number two overall pick. Yeah. Boomer bust potential. Absolute boom as of this moment. He's been killing it, averaging twenty I think twenty three points in the last like ten games. Mm-hmm. He's on an absolute tear and he absolutely deserves every accolade coming his way. Rookie of the month. Give it to him. Come on. He, he Continue get to get it. that tear and he come on. I am I've had enough of Josh Giddy. Mm-hmm. More like more like Josh Diddy. Get out of here. So <laughs> let's move on. GM, let's talk about Alpine now. Mm-hmm. Alperin Shangun, multiple career highs across the board. He actually had 14 rebounds. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, it's confirmed now because even Jackson had said it on his they pod. They took away two. They took away, yeah, well, yeah. They, so he doesn't have a career high there, but he 21 points, 14 rebounds, two assists, two steals, two blocks. I mean, dude, 9 of 20, 1 of 3 from 3, 2 for 2 from the free throw line. Plus six from the floor. He had four personal fouls. He did pretty good on that department. Three turnovers, which was pretty much the low point. Mm-hmm. But um, you kind of talked about a little bit about what you saw from Alp. But go ahead and expand upon that and tell us what else you saw from Alperin Shingun seeing him up, seeing him up close. I mean, I liked seeing his aggressiveness in regards to not just asking for the ball, but being aggressive and assertive in the paint when he did have the ball and trying to take advantage of his opportunities when he had a chance. I mean, the thing I loved about seeing him is that when it's not even like the points when he was in the paint, but it's him trying to catch the defense off guard on the fast break and trying to get, and you could see he had three or four opportunities when he was on the fast break. Like when the ball was on the backcourt, he was ahead of the defense and there was one connection on the pass from like, was it Josh Christopher where he was able to dunk it? He had a pump fake pump fake. And then it was a dunk. There was multiple occasions, and that just shows how smart he is. Alperin Shangun is quick enough to get a snowbird. And he's playing like literally like an old Filipino Tito at lifetime. And, you know, uh. you got sometimes you got to play clever in order to win. And Alp was playing very clever, you know. His defense on LeBron, we already spoke about that earlier in the episode, but his defense was just very, very solid. It was just something that... There was hustle, there was effort, and the team was being rewarded by rewarded for that due to his effort. He wasn't afraid of the big occasion. I mean, you see him post up LeBron on multiple occasions and score a couple times. He wasn't intimidated, and I think that shows a lot about LP's confidence, and it shows a lot about his control. I mean, there were some moments where he felt like he might have rushed something here, didn't go on the first move, or just decided to just go up as opposed to pump faking. But, you know, that, that comes in time. But 
overall, man, I mean, he had a career high in points. Or was it career high in points? Mm-hmm. I don't remember. Career high in points, career high in minutes. The guy almost played 40 minutes. And we've been. Yeah, let's just call it 40. 39 54, close enough. We've been clamoring, we'll 40. clamoring for the man to play more minutes. And, well, I mean, in regulation, he had played 35 minutes. Still great. Right? Which is wonderful. Yep. And it just shows the possibilities of what it would be like with, you know, a Jalen LP show with a sprinkling of KPJ. I mean, let's have a little shout out to KPJ. He had 10, 8, and 10. The guy almost had triple double. He had one turnover, even though it seemed like he had like three or four, but he only had one, which is shocking. But he affected the game in more ways than one. And when we needed a big rebound occasionally, when LP was tipping it, when LP was was tipping it or KJ was tipping it, KPJ was there to grab it on the second effort. And that is something that we, you know, like when you're struggling with your shot, it's effort in other areas of the game. Yeah, you can't let it affect. Victory. Yeah, and the thing I, I like about KPJ is that he affects the game in other ways. And, I mean, no offense to our boy, the professor, who's the biggest KPJ fan of mm-hmm. them all. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Kidding. But, yeah, like, KPJ does things – he does certain things um, pretty good when – you know, even though he's struggling in the shots, he'll still affect the game in other ways. And his playmaking is a, m- a lot better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and his rebounding has been very good. Mm-hmm. His defense has been decent. It's been better. Um, but yeah, shout out to him. Yeah, you know yeah, no, I mean? no, I just, no, I just wanted to give him a little shout out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Alp, uh, I want to add on to Alp as well. From what I saw, he was his ability. He had moments where he was almost taking over. He was able to kind of pump fake, get the defense kind of jumping, and when he made the right moves and he was confident in making the right moves going towards the rim, I mean, he was borderline unstoppable. He was able to have a couple of hook shots over LeBron too. When LeBron's at the five, look, it's not a knock on LeBron by any means, but Alp has already Alp has a great low center of gravity already. Mm-hmm. Um, he just needs to get stronger. But, I mean, look, if you're the biggest player on the floor and you know you're the biggest player on the floor, take over, do what you need to do. He has a whole bag of moves that he can work with. And he was doing it to a degree. You know, he had a bunch of pump fakes that he was doing, which was great. And like, and what you were saying earlier, he doesn't get lost. He didn't get lost in the defensive end. Mm-hmm. He was very active. He, was, he played great perimeter defense. And that's another thing that I noticed, his ability to play perimeter defense. Like, he got beat a few, he got beat a few times obviously and that's going to happen but he was he stayed his recovery i remember when it got to the nitty gritty in the fourth and overtime his ability to recover back to Melo, his yeah. ability to recover back to the shooter or come out on a switch or you know when whatever they need to do if there's going to be a roll man and he, he comes out switch and he needs to cover the up top uh perimeter player he ended up covering those spots kj to you know kj did a great job covering those spots too at the end of the day alperin shangun with Jalen Green, you know, shades of we were calling it, you know, at, at the apex of it is Pow and Kobe. You are seeing sh- sh- minute shades of it. Now, we're not calling them Kobe and Pow by any means, but you are seeing very minute shades of it. And it is a beautiful, beautiful thing to see. And I can't wait to see what the rest of the, the way the rest of the season goes. 16 games remaining in regards to, you know, 16 more games. We're really getting to the tail end of it. I, you know, I just want to continue to see the development of LP and Jalen and continue to see them play together because mm-hmm. they play together and had, you know, they messed around and had game and had career games. And last but not least, we got to shout it out to the last person, obviously the last rookie, Jay Gupp, Josh Christopher messed around and got 21 points on eight of 13 shooting three of five from three, two free throws, six rebounds, one assist. 
He was a minus three on the floor, like I said. That was the only negative, but he played 22 minutes. Jay Gupp, he, my man. Like I'll say, I, I'll go first real quick before I hand it off to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna be the first one to recognize it. He's, he's, he was struggling. He was absolutely struggling. And it's funny too because when it, it, te- it seems to be when I critique people, and it always goes back to baseball. Uh, shout outs to baseball, by the way. Baseball's back officially. Shout outs to the Astros. Thank goodness. Uh, hashtag sign Correa. Um, but. I remember I used to I gave crap to Yuli. Oh man, Yuli's struggling better. He's not gonna. Yeah, man, he sucks. And then boom, he goes on a tear. It's like it always seems like when I call people out, they seem to go on a tear. And and Jacob is no exception to the rule whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> Once I started kind of critiquing him, he's been absolutely going. He's been absolutely going not crazy, but he's been consistently getting better and better, which culminated into ten and, and not tonight, last night's game, to where he shot eight of thirteen. He got whatever he wanted. You're talking about a little mid, little bit of mid range game. He, him, and Jalen, and J, they're gonna, everyone's going to talk about Jalen's mid range game. No one's going to talk about jacob's mid-range game he was shooting the midi with precision like oh, yeah. he would get yeah. it it shout outs to our, our we hoop with this guy named uh, justin del torre shout outs to, to justin del torre because i felt like he that's where josh christopher was, the way that he was kind of separating and getting his shots off it, it seemed just like that mm-hmm. but his ability to kind of get into that space create the space for himself i think josh christopher is stronger than jalen and you can kind of see it in the way that he drives but his ability to attack Josh Christopher's ability to attack on all three levels, he doesn't do it consistently enough by far. That's why he's he was the 24th pick. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, look, works on his three, get better with his three, and this guy's going to be dangerous. And we got to see it full-fledged and full effect. His ability to play defense. You call him the George Springer of this team, you know, to plug in, bring the energy. Remember, shoot, what did he say? Oh, my gosh. He said something during the game. Do you remember? And I was like, crap, I'm going to start saying this during basketball. Oh, rev it up. Oh rev yeah, rev it up. He was like, rev it he, up. He, so he he almost got a turnover. No, no, he got a bucket, and then he tapped, he tipped the ball out of bounds, which it wasn't, a, which uh, you know, it, it stayed in Lakers' hands. But he was like, he was looking at the guys, and he was like, come on, come on. He's like, come on, rev it up. He's like, come on, y'all, let's rev it up, rev it up. And I was just like, ooh, okay. All right, I found a new, I found a new that's, phrase. That's I'm gonna start, the, that's that I'm start saying down the basketball Jacob's court. Got, that's know. what Jacob got. So I want to ask you now. Uh, what was your overall opinion of seeing this rookie or the third rookie uh, do work? Man, uh, the way he played uh, against the Lakers was a little reminiscent of my game last Friday. Oh, my God. I was, of course, uh, he's got to make it about himself. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Know, Jacob is probably my favorite, my, one of my favorite players on the team. Go on, man. You know? I mean, he, was, he was killing it in the midi, man. He was very decisive. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that. Mm-hmm. Jacob looked how can I say this, like more confident and decisive with the ball, which is something he hasn't looked when the minutes diminished. And he's been trying to find his way going from backup point guard to another off guard again. But what I noticed is Schroeder would, um, what is it called? Would, uh, what's the defer a little bit to him occasionally to give him a great job doing it too. You know, make up to Schroeder. He's the point guard, but he doesn't have to do that, but he's doing it to allow Josh Christopher to get comfortable and it was we were reaping the rewards. I mean, look at the stats: eight of thirteen, and was it three of six from from three, right? And there was like there was two possessions where Jacob literally just stepped in, took the three, and nailed it with confidence. And that is something that'll be so crucial moving forward. I mean, the mid the mid range, man, that was something else. And you see the rise on the shot too, so you can see that he can rise above the defenders just like a Jalen and. It allows some versatility there because we know he can get to the bucket too. That he can stop on a dime, 
and he just can. put it up, pull up he like a, a la Brandon Roy gives him that I'm type of versatility too. Always going to go Brandon Roy. Exactly. With the reference. And there you go. I mean, it's, I'm not going to say they're identical, but they're playing the game in a similar way where they can affect it in multiple facets uh, offensively. So I just think that Jacob, his renewed confidence is going to work wonders for him later on. Um, who knows? Hopefully it leads into more minutes for him and hopefully more time on the floor with those guys as well. You can see the way him and Jalen vibe. He's He was vibing with everybody, man. Yeah, and it was it was really really good to see and you know a lot of people were worried about jacob me included only natural right but the past two games he's played very well and he's starting to come back to his own and hopefully with these two games it's good enough to rebuild back up his confidence and allow people the opportunity to know like hey I can, you know, he can do it. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, 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 exactly. I think he's, I think he did incredible. It'll be a good confidence booster for him going forward. So we can only hope that that continues on. Uh, let's move on to the fourth rookie. You know, he did a great job cheerleading from the bench. My guy, your guy, America's guy, Usman Garuba. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to go into on that. Shout out to KJ with... Martin, 17 and 11. Dude, okay, yeah, no. I, well, okay, okay. So I was, I, I, he was not in the game plan in terms of spotlighting, but I do have to give it to him. Cause... Shout out to our boy, E, KJ Martin season. Oh, yeah, KJ Martin season, man. You know what? My, my man doesn't live in America either, man. So that's uh, that's some big time stuff. We got some more fans around the world. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. They got some. It's uh, crazy some, how big the 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 world of the houston rockets is it's absolutely kind of mind-blowing shout outs to shout outs to prod man he's uh he's coming to america q uh q uh what is it that movie by eddie murphy <laughs> yeah, coming to america there coming you go to man. america baby coming Congrats, coming man. coming we're, into texas we're so happy to you know for him to come yeah. and we're excited to meet the guy i mean he's a wonderful human being he's very passionate about the houston rockets and it's really cool that the houston rocket fan community could do something so big yeah. for someone you yeah, know yeah. and it just shows a lot about the passion that we all share for the team and when someone just shows it each and every day and shows out for the team and um it just it says a lot about um this community in general and honestly i'm very proud to be a part of such a loving community yeah yeah no exactly and i completely agree the same way we're gonna have some plans moving forward with that which we'll let everybody know in the future when the time is right and when the time comes we were a part of it we were really a part of it to a degree we we're part of part of it at the tail end i felt like i felt like yeah, a, yeah i felt like a fly on the wall yep absolutely <laughs> me too and it was great and we were happy just to be a, you know just to be part of it to a degree but um before we end i do want to circle back to this game uh that the rockets and lakers were talking about um I need to give one shout out, obviously, and that goes to Eric Gordon. That goes to this guy right here. I'm not, I'm not going to say this enough. I watched the replay um, just today. I don't think Eric Gordon's ever going to get enough credit here, and he's really earned my respect in terms of when he came into this team, he was going to be known as the three-point shooter that was going to kind of be the safety blanket to James Harden, and when Chris Paul came, he ended up coming really the safety blanket to Chris Paul and James Harden because he ended up being that third scorer, but he's evolved into this role in beginning of the season when you see Eric Gordon play he used to play like uh you know he used to take big shots and if you look at the games that we won in the beginning of the season Eric Gordon took all the big shots those games we won yeah but we got to give credit where credit is due here Eric Gordon who was in the driver's seat this entire season 
has decided to go into the back seat. He is deferred and willing, not even just deferred, but he's willingly deferred yeah. to let these players, to let Kevin Porter Jr., to let Jalen Green, to let Josh Christopher get some shine here, especially in this game in particular. But it's been slowly trending in that direction. I don't think Eric Gordon gets enough credit in regards to that, the humility it takes. Because think about it, you were, you were hitting big shots one of the main ball handlers, one of the main players mm-hmm. on an NBA championship contending team that should have won the title in 2018. And this was only a few years ago. So now, and he's he can average he can average 17 18 in his sleep. The fact of the matter is is that he's taken this into his own hands to know that he knows his role on this team. He's a veteran. I don't think it's going to be said enough. Because I got to see the game firsthand. We got to see the game firsthand. His ability to not just not just defer, but willingly defer and still be a part of the game. He, he's not he's not moping. Mm-hmm. He's not complaining. He's staying zoned in. Anytime Jalen Green made a huge bucket, he clap one clap for him, and he says, "All right, let's get back on defense. Let's lock this in. Let's get this damn win." Yep. And when that and when that happened, it was a much beautiful thing. Like I said, maybe the trend of his career is more vin is less. You know, championship chasing more Vince Carter. Maybe he just wants. Maybe he loves the H. Maybe he wants to help mold these youngins into to become the superstars they want. They they will be sometime mm-hmm. in the future. And maybe Eric Gordon's going to be a part of it. Who knows? But the bottom line is, I don't think Gordon gets enough credit here because Jalen Green, Kevin Porter Jr. These players are not going to make these types of strides if you don't have that guard. That that warrants the respect that Eric Gordon has, yeah, and the ability to have the confidence. Hey, man, you can take it. Take the big shot. I'll be here. I'll be your safety blanket if you need it. I can shoot a. Th- I can hit the three. I can. I, I'll be there if you need. It. If they leave me open, you can kick it to me. But handle your business. Yeah, and they fully did. And Dennis Schroeder, I'm going to give shouts to Dennis Schroeder as well. His ability to instill this confidence, we said in the past episode, to instill this confidence into Jalen Green. You're seeing it transform into something. And you're kind of seeing Jalen Green evolve, evolve slowly into almost this rookie monster now that has been created by Eric Gordon and Dennis Schroeder. And shout out, and one last thing also before we go home here. Shout out, to, I got to give shout outs to K- KPJ. KPJ's ability to communicate and orchestrate the offense. Beautiful thing. There were so many plays, GM, where I noticed that KP would always, that KP would give the ball to Jalen and he would tell Al P to set the screen. Mm-hmm. He's like, set the screen. He's like, hey, he's like, set the screen, set the screen. Like he would orchestrate the offense so that way yeah. Jalen Green can get the ball in his hands and operate. Come on. Yeah. He was if that isn't, he, if, he, he was, he knew with a hot hand. Yeah. I mean, he struggled. He's they, only they, shot four of 13. He, they ran, he knew they ran the same play. It's like, you know, like run it again, run it again. You know, but it was I mean? a beautiful bottom line. Like, I just think it was a beautiful thing knowing that. Jalen Green immediately when he got interviewed, you know, like he said, "What was it? Uh, what's garnered your success? All oh, my teammates are looking for me." Yep. He immediately said, "My teammates, my teammates, my teammates," and I think that that's not getting enough love. Is that he said, "My teammates are looking for him." So you're seeing it with Eric Gordon, you're seeing it with Dennis Schroeder, you're seeing it with KPJ, yeah. and everyone all together, and you're seeing the cohesiveness slowly come together. And I gotta say, man, it's a beautiful thing to see. And last but not least, man, that LP, that LP uh, morning video going into the afternoon. Part one and two, absolute fire. You can see the camaraderie amongst the team. How could you not love them? I know. My man was dripping. He was literally. dripping. He loves, he loves hot sauce, and he took a nap. 
yep there you that's, go that's that that's the best way to end a podcast if i ever heard it so <laughs> gm let's get ready to go home here on an amazing experience that we just had to record we really squeezed this episode in i mean it was 11 at night and we <laughs> recorded this but we really wanted to make sure that we got this pumped out to y'all so we can kind of share our personal experience mm-hmm. uh, from actually being at the game i know not everyone was able to attend but uh just to kind of give our first-hand experience and yeah Kind of let the people know, like, all right, this is, you know, this is what it was. It was all about a ton of Laker fans, a lot of hilarious interactions with Lakers fans. Well, it was, it was definitely a time, definitely a time. There was one guy. Shout outs to the guy a few rows up of us on the right side who wouldn't stop uh, yelling for LeBron. Yeah, I think like, LeBron, LeBron looked. LeBron, LeBron looked for a LeBron split second, James. and then he finally stopped. And I was like, "Oh, thank God!" I was I knew, at some point, me and me and the GM were like, "LeBron, please, for the love of God, just look just at him, just acknowledge, just him. acknowledge him, so he stop." Yep, which is incredible. It's, it's it's insane, you know. Yeah, you never get to see those generational type talents. We never got to see Jordan, we got to see Kobe, but to kind of see LeBron and that star power he garners. It was an incredible thing. Yep, it's true. It's Definitely true. one for the books, and there's definitely less years ahead than he has uh, in front. So. Yeah, so absolutely right behind. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, GM. Let's get ready to go home here on another great episode. Uh, big time. Thank you to everyone that's been listening to us, supporting us. Episode 82, mm-hmm. 82. I don't have a number for 80. I don't have a number for 80. I can't think of a football player with a number 82. So anyways. Uh, Derek Mason. Wow. You really went to your bag for that one, didn't you? Uh-huh. Yeah, Derek Mason. Was it Derek Mason? Yeah, no, 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 no. You're right. It was Derek Mason. I'm shocked you knew that. I've been since 2011. I have 83 already handled, but I'm I'm gonna handle that in a future episode. I already told you. This is the the wide receiver tight end edition. Well, we have to, man. We're in the 80s, man. Wait till we get to 90s. It's gonna be the defensive end, a defensive line. I can't wait till we get to 96. uh, Connor Barwin, baby. But uh, oh, 98. I'm sorry. That's number 95. Sean Cody. Oh my. Cody Island. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to our boy. Oh my God! Let's he's get not really our boy. No, he's not really our boy. <laughs> Let's get ready to go home here, GM. Anything? Any last thoughts and last words to say before we go home here? Um, yeah, just like again, guys, rate us five stars on Apple, rate us five stars on Spotify, and please, please, we beg of you, follow us on Twitter <laughs> at Summit S O M P O D, and on Instagram at Summit. S O Summit underscore Summit State of Mind underscore pod Summit State of Mind underscore pod. Well, then wait, hold on. <laughs> Shook my head. The, what, what, the, so it is S O M pod on Twitter. Yeah, Summit S O M pod, and then Summit State of Mind underscore pod. Like I said, we got to get this uniform it, at some it's, point. It's, it's late. It's Maybe late. by it's episode late. one, uh, it, it was it was good in the last episode. Maybe by episode one hundred, we'll have a uniform. That that'll be the goal. But it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But yes, and then follow me on Twitter at JP underscore Mira Bueno and interact. Shoot us up. Whether you like my takes or not, or you don't like my wrestling references that I make, or my gift game is not strong, even though prod would tell you that is not true. Our gift game is very strong. He plugs, he plugs it, man. I mean, I, I, I like to think that our gift game is very strong. They told us that we are the uh, we're the gift guys on Twitter. So, I mean, I like I, to. I, think. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't I'll take know, it. man. It's great. It's great vibes all around. I, like I gotta say, I like that. to say that pictures speak louder than words. Is that or not actions? I don't know. But, pictures speak a lot louder than words. 
<laughs> so the picture pictures can speak a thousand, thousand words. words. There you go. So, man, yeah, I suck. Word. I suck at this. It's okay. No, no worries, man. I'll, I'll I'll take it from here, man. Just just pass me the ball. All right. So, uh, good stuff, GM. Yeah, go ahead and give us a follow as well. At give me a follow as well. Uh, Summit Commish. S u s u m m i t c o m m i s h. Uh, listen to us Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google, wherever you get your pod, your local podcast. Listen to us on SpaceCityScoop.com. Shout out to FanSided once again. Um, it was an amazing experience. It was an incredible experience, and hopefully more experiences to come in regards to uh, attending Rockets games. So big shout outs and thank yous to everybody that listened. Shout outs to our anonymous source that hooked us up with the tickets. Uh, big time thank yous to all of our listeners that have continued to support us from episode one all the way up to episode 82. And with that said, let's get ready to go home here. Be safe. Be easy, especially in this pandemic. Take care of yourselves. And most importantly take care of each other we have a great weekend we're gonna have a great recording session this weekend y'all be on stay tuned for that we're gonna have a brand new guest meeting us there so y'all stay tuned for that it's gonna be awesome but with that said here on the sign off for myself and the gm take care we'll see you soon bye you probably know progressive insurance for insuring your home and auto you may know Flo and dr rick but what you may not know is that Progressive helps employees support over 3,800 charitable organizations annually because we're committed to helping our employees, and our employees are committed to helping others. Anyway, we just wanted to share. We were a little too proud of it to keep it to ourselves. And if you already knew all of this about us, you've either heard this radio spot before or just randomly know a lot about Progressive. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates based on data from May 2020 through April 2021. The Summit. Four, 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 four.